0: It's another episode of NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by Whelan Engineering. On the road, in the air, and around the world, Wheeling is trusted to be seen, trusted to be heard, and trusted to perform. From MRN HQ, this is MRN pit reporter Chris Wilner. Kyle Ricky's back, MRN announcer, and uh, the announcing team, I guess, him and Bonza up at Stafford. You guys have been so busy. I'm glad you're back from playing hooky, Kyle. Uh, I'm glad you took the time to join us here this week. We missed you last week, but you guys have had a heck of of a two-week stretch here with back-to-back now SRX races. Oh, yeah, there's also some big modified races coming up on your weekly program, too.
1: Yeah, there's a lot happening here at the racetrack, plus our Monday night wild thing cart program, uh, back-to-back Thursday nights, as you mentioned, with SRX. Uh, Getting that second event last minute uh, due to the flooding up in Vermont. uh, Learned that last Thursday morning. So it's kind of been a whirlwind. you know, it took us, what, four and a half months, five months to prepare for, for one race, and now we have six days to prepare for two. Uh, you mentioned our weekly race program, the SK Modifieds and the Late Models. They're on track this Friday as well, so a lot happening. Um been busy. It's been fun, but it's been busy.
0: Have you slept? Have you at least eased up on Bonza a little bit? We don't want him doing all the work.
1: No, <laughs> you know, never ease up on Bonza.
0: Well, good stuff. We got a great show for you folks coming up here. Uh, Luke Fenhouse is joining us here in segment number two. Of course, big winner, his first career Arkham Ard Series win, second East win of his young career coming at Iowa Speedway. We'll talk to him about that, plus his late model ventures as well, coming up just short at the Slinger Nationals this year. The month of money, of course, we talk about Slinger. Red Bud 400 was this past weekend. We'll recap that looking ahead to some of our other big races on the calendar and some drama in the tech shed yet again we'll talk about maybe if we can somehow get the NASCAR Advanced Auto Parts Weekly Series and Cars Tour to just shorten the rule book or make it line somehow because we have a lot of disqualifications this summer I feel like we'll get into that a little bit as well much much more to talk about but first let's talk about the weekend that was Kyle and we'll start with the Modifieds the Mohegan Sun 100 at New Hampshire paired with NASCAR of course Mother Nature We talked about it going into the weekend, Uh, Rob Blount and I did, about the threat of rain. It did show up during the modified race, but did not cancel plans. We'd had a little bit of a delay, but it set up a heck of a shootout between Ron Silk, Doug Kobe, and Justin Bonsignor. Bonsignor by a fender at the line with Doug Kobe. You couldn't have scripted that any better.
1: Yeah, it was a great race. And first off, kudos to Jimmy Wilson and the entire NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour team for sticking with it. Uh, it was a long day in Loudon with practice and qualifying for Cup, the NASCAR Xfinity Series race. Uh, the Modifieds didn't go green until after 6 o'clock because of the length of the Xfinity race. So uh, darkness was uh, was creeping in on the racetrack. Uh, so when that rain came, I thought there's no way they're going to be able to drive this racetrack. Um, but fortunately, the, the shower was quick. Uh, it dried very fast, and, and they got the final 21 laps in, and the, the fans that stuck around, got a an amazing show i mean the modifieds always put on a great show at Loudoun. uh back and forth for the top spot and all the champions up toward the front it was justin bonsignor by like you mentioned uh what less than a half a second to doug kobe on that final uh final pass ron silk austin beers patrick Emerling, the top five all grouped right together over the closing laps of that race uh an amazing event might you know by far i think the best of the weekend
0: yeah, absolutely, for sure. And, of course, when you do it in front of NASCAR, uh, turn some heads, Justin Bonson, you're getting his second career win at New Hampshire Motor Speedway. Of course, that tour championship continued to tighten up, like you mentioned, with all the champion contenders running inside there in the top five. Let's talk about Kyle Busch. And, no, not the experience, I guess, if you want to call it at New Hampshire. He was seemed to be each way into the wall in different sessions. But uh, got to go back to his roots and compete at Lee USA Speedway not too far from New Hampshire Motor Speedway over the weekend, getting back to his roots in a late model. Uh, what'd you think of that, Kyle? A NASCAR home track, just 35 min- uh, miles away from New Hampshire, finished second, and uh, his crew chief actually was also racing, which is pretty cool, Derek Neeland, uh, did He beat Derek, so I guess he's got the bragging rights there, but Derek said Kyle was still not happy finishing second, but of course, Kyle, just the latest of uh, a number of drivers we've talked about, William Byron, Chase Elliott, going back and running some late model races, that go- coincide with their NASCAR schedule.
1: The most fun that he had in New Hampshire, no doubt, last week yeah. for Kyle Busch at the Lee USA Speedway in Lee, New Hampshire, just uh, about an hour or so from the Magic Mile. Uh, finished second to another Derek, Derek Griffith, who is the hot shoe up here in New England when it comes to fender racing, especially uh, in New Hampshire, uh, where he's from. Uh, picked up the race win on... Uh, what well, Saturday night over over Kyle Busch, might have been Friday night, over Kyle Busch. Uh, it was quite a racing weekend up here in New England. They also raced Mother Nature, uh, had a little bit of a rain shower in the middle of that event. So um, good for Kyle. Great run. Uh, good to see him supporting the, the grassroots of this sport. Uh, we'll see him a couple weeks time at SRX as well. So uh, nice to see these cup drivers uh, racing on uh, the short tracks of America
0: absolutely and moving on to the NASCAR Pinty Series north of the border IndyCar weekend on the streets of Toronto what a cool what a cool place a cool venue exhibition palace they're just north of the border Alex Tagliani yes from the IndyCar ranks and the Champ Car ranks from years past finally gets it done 30 of 35 laps he led on the streets of Toronto to get his first win of the season at the Tiffany Gate Grand Prix of Toronto. Uh, first win of the season, Kyle. And We talk about some of the names that have been at the top, Trayton Lapsovich in the points lead, Kevin Lacroix, Antoine, uh, Mark Antoine Cameron. But Alex Tagliani, he's been quiet. He's been consistent inside the top 10, top five. But what do you make of his win there over the weekend?
1: Sack a a race. Um, I love when the NASCAR Pinty's gets to race on the streets of Toronto exhibition place, a a long time staple with the series, uh, tags dominated, started on the pole. Like you mentioned, led every lap. Kevin Lacroix gave him a run for his money though, over the last couple of laps, uh, actually went to the right side of Alex Tagliani going through turns eight, nine, and 10 on the last lap. Uh, looked like there was going to be contact, but, uh, Thankfully, there was not, and Alex was able to pick up the win. But, um, you know, on paper, it didn't look like a great race. But uh, if you watched live on flow, a uh, spectacular race right down to the the final corners of the final lap.
0: And Trayton Lapsovich going into this weekend at Edmonton still holds a points lead, just 19 yep. over Kevin Lacroix. And Marc-Antoine Cameron is right there, as well as L.P. Dumoulin, who's a three-time series champion. Uh, Cole Butcher, how about that name, coming to the top of the Redbud 400, did not have him on my bingo card going into the weekend at Anderson Speedway, of course, when you have Ty Majeski and the like in the field. But what did you make of Cole Butcher's run? I mean, of course, he had to contend with Ty Majeski there toward the end of the race and a ton of uh, big names toward the front of the field. But like we talked about going into that weekend with Rob Blount, when you get 35 late models around that tight quarter-mile, high-banked bullring of Anderson Speedway, action is inevitable, I guess. <laughs>
1: Yeah, his first win in the series uh, for Cole Butcher uh, had to hold off some of the best. I mean, we've talked about Gio Ruggiero all year, finished in the second spot. You just mentioned Ty Majeski; He's good every time these cars hit the racetrack, usually challenging for the win. He did again, but finished in the third spot. You had Kyle Crump, Dalton Armstrong up there in the top five and other good field cars. Uh, Seemed like a pretty good race on, on the tight confines of Anderson.
0: Yeah, and a really good product for the ASA Stars National Tour, of course, in its first year. Uh, That series continues to roll on, and their points battle is tight. We'll talk about that coming up in segment number three. But speaking of late models, the driver has dabbled in a little bit of both. Between the late models and, of course, the ARCA Menard Series and ARCA E-Series is Luke Fenhouse, the 2021 Kawiki Driver Development Series Champion or Driver Development Program Champion, is on the flip side of this break. He's standing by with us. We're going to talk about his big win at Iowa Speedway and, of course, what's to come this season on both the late model side and in the ARCA side. Coming up next here on NASCAR Coast to Coast, presented by Wheelan Engineering. network as promised joining us via zoom wisconsin's own luke fenhouse big winner at iowa speedway over the weekend his first arca menard series when i should say second arca east win of the year in that combined effort over the weekend luke congratulations we just talked about before coming on to the show how big it is and you said coming into the weekend maybe it was a second place car but talk me through that last restart it seemed like deja vu on the late model side at slinger but you got it done passing william swalich yet again for a win
3: yeah, it was pretty much deja vu all over again, and um, it kind of just rewinded me from Tuesday night, and I knew what we had to do to win the race, and um, just I knew how I was being raced all night long. We had six restarts before that seventh restart, and so I just went preparing well and, and had a game set, game game mind in my mind, and uh, just knew what to do, and so I kind of executed that, and we talked about it over the radio, and I have great help behind me with Lauren Murnier as my spotter and Shane Huffman as my crew chief, and... Uh, they helped me along the way, and I just
1: tried to finish the job off. Before we talk about the last restart, let's talk about, you mentioned those restarts. You had a couple of breaks. Um, how how did the, the the track change? How did the car change during the course of, of that event? Uh, fairly long event, especially early with all of those early yellows.
3: Yeah, for sure. And just with the whole sun setting down, um, I felt like just it, it got looser as it went um usually it surprises me i thought it would kind of tighten up as we went and it really didn't do that we fired off really loose and practiced and just kind of struggled that without throughout the day and um you know then the late race restarts you know you just had to just time everything perfect with everything being hot after a restart um it made it hard not to spin the rear tires so to be on top of your stuff with those restarts and execute like that we did a really good job with that and um i just wanted to Wanted to mainly work the top um, for Iowa, and and that just really didn't play into my favor as much as I wanted it to. I, I felt like I ran the top, and it was kind of cleaned off, and then I would go higher, and it wasn't cleaned off. And so, it got sketchy at times, but um, overall, it worked out, and it was a good day for us.
0: What's the challenge, I guess, for a driver who, obviously, running the Eat series with select Menard Series races, of course, coming from late models, to show up at a place like Iowa – which to the NASCAR folk, right, is a short short track, but when you come from late models, it's a pretty big facility and the big transition running the ARCA cars. So, what was the biggest challenge when you showed up at Iowa uh, this weekend, trying to get adjusted to the speed and, and the way that those cars race compared to a late model or even some of the E Series races that are on tighter, boring tracks?
3: Yeah, Lauren and I just, um, you know, we talked about it prior before the weekend and I did a lot of video. Obviously, I was set in stone with Tuesday night, Slinger Nationals, and then shortly after, I had to prep for Iowa, so um, it was a little difficult on my end, but, you know, we did a great job communicating and knowing what I had to do when I showed up there, and, um, you know, we walked the track and just had a visual of what I was going to do, you know, Saturday night and where I was going to run and and had my lift points ready to go, so um, it didn't take long to get up to speed, but uh, just maneuvering the air, you know, whether that was with, with lap cars or whether that was with the 18, um, you know, just putting myself in a good, a good position to get clean air and and have downforce on the front end and um, just keep it rolling. And um, I felt like we did a good job, you know, there, we could have done a little
1: bit better job getting through lap cars, but um, you'll have that in in some races like that two-part question here uh two and a half seconds behind with three to go with behind <laughs> William uh caution comes out what goes through your mind and then bring us through that final restart as you were digging hard on the bottom going into turn one
0: yeah
3: um two and a half second lead uh we were gonna finish second you know no doubt about it but we uh we got lucky with the caution again and um it's just how these races have typically played out to be you know we've had a lot of ra- late race cautions lately and Um, I just knew I had to execute, knew that he was giving me, you know, the bottom. And um, when you give somebody the bottom, it's hard to justify what they're going to do. You know, you can get ran into so easily or, or whatever the case may be. And so I really just wanted to beat him down into one. I pulled off his door really well going into turn one and uh, that gave me about a car length on him. And then once I heard clear, I immediately moved up. And so uh, just taking that air off of him. And then I ran the bottom because if, I felt like he had a way better car than me on the bottom. And, um, you know, it was pretty tough for him to get back around me. And uh, we kind of sailed off to the finish.
0: How significant, though, post-checkered flag you get to victory lane was it, considering just a few days earlier at Slinger, you were on the other end of things in heartbreak, Mm -hmm. going for a Slinger Nationals win, which would have been your second. So was that a sigh of relief? Was that redemption? What what were you feeling there uh, after the checkered flag?
3: Well, I would say both, you know, a sigh of relief and you know redemption. Um, I knew how I, you know, the eighteen felt after that race, and um, you know, it, it's heartbreaking. I, I felt like I did everything right Tuesday night with lap traffic, and um, you know, then to to lead that many laps and come down to three to go and kind of get it stolen away from me, um, it's tough. And you know, Ty's a veteran race car driver and a very good super late model race car driver, and so he's at where he's at because he's very good so um that kind of you know takes some relief off you know winning winning Saturday night and um that's where I need to win you know the the Arca level is is where I need to perform at so to perform up there uh, was really good and um to not win Tuesday night was was sucky for sure but um it made up for it Saturday night
1: and you have been performing all year at the ARCA level, especially in the East. Five races, five top fives, a couple of wins. What's been, the without giving the secrets away, what's been the, the secret to the success here as you look for a championship?
3: Well, it's just the team around me. You know, Jerry and Mark Webb that have, um, you know, produced this team really from nothing um, and and gathered really people, really good people around me, um, like Lauren Renier, Shane Huffman, his guys that he brought in um that's what makes the job way easier and and they produce really fast race cars we've rolled off with almost a brand new race car that has never touched a racetrack um yet this year for iowa and and it rolled off really good you know no issues right off the bat and so uh the credit goes to the team you know for sure that we didn't screw around right away and um you know got to work right away when we landed in iowa and so um that makes my job a lot easier and going forward you know i'm sure we'll build them keep building fast race cars you know these guys work their butts off throughout the week and um that's that's what i love about this team
0: yeah and a lot of people i don't think realize that the pinnacle racing group who you race for it's brand new this year i mean for 2023 in the arca series of course also bringing in a late model uh shane huffman i believe is running Mm -hmm. that car so what has it been like with a startup team how do you build a relationship like that and what do you think has been the best part about or how quickly you've been able to click with the team in such a new venture. Cause they're learning this series just as much as you are, as you guys go through this together.
3: Yeah. Well, just, you know, relying on the people around me, um, obviously when I'm down there full time and I'm racing and just around those guys, I try to be at the shop every day. I can, um, you know, I'm involved on the Chevrolet side with Josh wise. And, um, that also makes me as good as I am, you know, his support and his knowledge helps me every each each week i'm on a racetrack or off a racetrack and um being down there with those types of people uh just helps you when you get into these bigger situations and you need to perform at the higher level and um shane huffman's been a long time you know race car driver and crew chief and um he knows what what he needs to do you know and and brings really fast race cars and he has brought in really good guys with him so uh to have that knowledge and have those and good working people down there makes, you know, everything just way easier. And, um, Lauren and here, he's brought me into the Chevrolet side of it. And, um, you know, he's been behind me for a couple of years now and we've grown a really great relationship so far. And, um, you know, him being my spotter, it, it, um, it all works out on race weekends.
1: Final question for you, for me anyway, uh, IRP, I know is coming up for the Arkham Menards East. What else is on the horizon, uh, for you here in the coming weeks?
3: Yeah, just a lot of super light model racing, you know, with, with the E series kind of taking breaks throughout the summer, it's hard to, hard to stay in a race car. And so I, I run, you know, my super late model back here at home a lot and, um, you know, great competition up here. So there's no slouches up here and, Um, Yeah, excited to go to IRP, excited to be back with those guys. Obviously, I wasn't sure how we were going to perform at Iowa because I haven't been down there in so long, just busy racing up here. But, um, you know, those guys bring really fast race cars and I'm excited to get back down there and help them work on the IRP car and um, just support these guys to the end.
0: Yeah, and I'm a little biased. That's my home track up there in Indianapolis. So I'll I'll look forward to seeing you down there as we cover that race for the Motor Racing Network. But uh, for you, too, being a Wisconsin native and, and of course, being a Slinger Nationals champion, but to have Milwaukee back on the schedule, both on the ARCA side and also running a super late model there, how special is that? What do you like about that place Uh, and getting to go run twice? Well, I guess technically three times because you ran there earlier this year. what, What makes that place so special?
3: Well, it's nice. You know, it's gonna be kinda like racing at home for me, you know, with all the Wisconsin fans there and um, you know, somewhere I've had success in the past with, with super late model racing. It's gonna be uh fun going there, you know. I expect to I expect to win there. I expect to win everywhere, but um that's gonna be a special one for me. And um just to have these combo races is really good for us to to bring in, you know, Jesse. You know, Jesse's been really the hot topic of the year on the Arca side and um, to bring in love and have him competitors with him and Shane, um, and the whole Venturini boys, you know, they're going to be hard to beat and the 18 has been strong all year. So that's another one that's, that's going to be tough, but no, putting these combo races together is going to be very well for us. And I'm excited to go to IRP this next time. And, um, you know, excited to be back here at home in, in Milwaukee and we will hopefully put on another good show.
0: Is there anything you learned from the super late model at Milwaukee that maybe will translate to when you go attack the racetrack in the Arca series? Cause I feel like not a lot of drivers will have the experience <clears throat> that you and a couple others, including William may will have uh, running you know, that different discipline there.
3: Yeah, a little bit, you know, just uh, knowing where you can pass, knowing where you can set up drivers, um, knowing, you know, kind of where to break. Obviously Arca cars different than a super late model, but it's the same concept, you know, you know what you're going to do on a race weekend and, um i think just preparing better than the others is what it comes all down to and um you know if you have a good race car you should be able to take care of work on a, on a weekend's base and so um preparing myself as best as i can for the arca car you know whether that's going to irp or or milwaukee and um you know like i said we've had success at milwaukee in the past and hopefully we can keep that rolling uh, in a couple couple weeks
0: We'll look forward to it. Of course, I'll be down there as well. Motor Racing Network will have the coverage of both Milwaukee and IRP. So looking forward to seeing those cars out at both those racetracks. Luke, congratulations, man, on the win this past weekend. Best of luck to you as we uh, roll through the summer. I can't believe it. We're already talking almost August already. I feel like the season just started, but congrats on all the success so far. Much uh, Best of luck to you in the future.
3: Thank you guys for having
0: me. That's Luke Fenhouse, big winner at Iowa Speedway. Coming up, we're going to talk calendar. Month of Money continues. Lots of big racing coming up here in the next couple of weeks. We'll tackle that plus some news and notes here on NASCAR Coast to Coast, presented by Wheelin Engineering.
2: Wheelin Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights, white illumination lighting.
0: Welcome back to NASCAR Coast to is presented by Wheel and Engineering. Kyle just talked to Luke Benhouse. Uh, big win over the weekend, but he's eyeing more. Plenty of races on the schedule, I think, that uh, he could take the checkered flags and continue to uh, rack up some wins here in 2023, even chasing an East Championship.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I a lot of more wins. He has a lot of options in that region of the country uh, where he races up in, in Wisconsin. Um, talked about Milwaukee. So glad to see that gem of a racetrack. One of the oldest, if not the oldest in the country, really come back onto the scene uh, the last couple of years, especially this season and NASCAR going back there here in about a month or so with the truck. So uh, g- glad to see that region healthy, and, and he's obviously showing well there. Uh, look forward to talking to him a lot over the course of these next couple of months uh, as he, like you mentioned, chases that Arkham Arts East Series championship. Very much in contention for it now with just a handful of races to go.
0: For sure. So congratulations to Luke. Thank you so much for joining us. All right, moving on to some news and notes before we get to the schedule. Kyle uh, teased at the top of the show, Landon Huffman, a second disqualification uh, this year for a rules violation, although... Technically, not depending on which series you're running between Cars Tour and the NASCAR Advanced Auto Parts Weekly Series. Now, I'm not a technical, super technical savvy person, so I'm not going to try to dive into that. But basically, Lefter Shock had incorrect valving, and when you look at it, it's not really an advantage, but it's two different parameters set by two different series, and it's a car he also runs in the Cars uh, Late Model Stock Tour. So I guess my question is, Kyle, are we at the point... When we're having all sorts of confusion and he's not the only one that's been disqualified this year. We've had a number that we've talked about on the show. Should the Cars Tour NASCAR Advance Auto Parts Weekly series, the NASCAR Roots kind of sanctioned series, just somehow find an equilibrium in a rule book and just say this will apply to all late model stock cars racing this year? What do you think?
1: I don't know. That's a tough question. Um, because they're two completely different entities. That's like sure up here saying all right the nascar modified tour you know let's align the rules with you know the tri-track modifieds and the the you know the other some of the other modified tours up here the modified racing series um same cars for the most part uh different rules for for each division hard to do um i don't know i think you leave it up to the teams right um that's what i would do Uh, right now anyway i think it's hard they're a little more closer down there, I mean, they you know they run a lot of the same racetracks. It's a lot of the same teams, like you mentioned, which is why we're running into these issues. But, you know, hard to do. It's going to be a long process. And until that process can be done, um, I would, you know, I mean, it's the team's responsibility to make sure their cars meet whatever event they're competing in.
0: Yeah, no, 100% agree. It's just interesting that we kind of have this discussion out coming up, and Landon actually put out a vlog if you want to watch on his social media channels trying to explain in a more technical uh, and more, I guess, in-depth version than I would even get into, but tries to explain the difference and how sometimes the oversights are so technical that you don't even really realize because you think the car's set up for one race, Uh, And it'd be fine for the next. So it'll be interesting. But again, uh, drama when it comes to late model stocks on the tech shed side of things. We'll see if if any more instances like that happen to some of our championship favorites as we move on through the season. Again, that happened at South Boston Speedway, by the way, over the weekend. Uh, How about Chase Elliott throwing his name to the ring again at the SRL Nationals uh, at Berlin? Shout out to Jeff Striegel. Boy, they've had some killer races, Kyle. I mean, between... The late model races they've got the 500 sprint tour this weekend srx and oh yeah money in the bank is still coming up uh chase Elliott now adding his name i think jeff is somehow paying these nascar drivers to come out to berlin because i feel like he's gotten half the field already <laughs>
1: Yeah, he's had a huge summer of racing, Uh, the Super Modifieds last weekend, um, nonstop. I haven't talked to Jeff in a while because obviously he's been busy there, I've been busy here, and uh, we'll connect this weekend at the Pocono Raceway. Um, Not sure it's going to be easy for him to to kind of pull away from his cell phone as he is a uh, man in demand when he's on the road with all of his staff at the Berlin raceway and trying to coordinate everything there as well. So, um, but yeah, you're right. Uh, it's been a very busy summer. And and for him, uh, some of his biggest events of the year are still to come here in the next three weeks.
0: Yeah, for sure. And that uh, money in the bank, $30,000 to the winner. We'll have to have Jeff, maybe when you talk to him this weekend, tell him we need to get him on the show and, and talk about Berlin, because that track not only has been hosting big events, big changes throughout the last year. Uh, It's a party that a race kind of happens as well, too, and Jeff likes to party, so it's a good time up there at Berlin. Uh, How about big news coming up? Actually came out yesterday. Taylor Reimer, an accomplished USAC and Power Eye, as well as an Extreme Outlaw Midget Series driver for Keith Coons Motorsports. She's going to make her Arkham Menard Series debut at the Springfield Mile on the dirt later on uh, this season, I believe just over a month's time. Uh, Kyle, another one getting plucked from the Toyota kind of midget camp, uh, going to try her hand on the dirt in a stock car this year.
1: And she has come a long way, uh, in the last two or three years that we've been watching her. I I heard of Taylor, I think for the first time at chili bowl, you know, well over two years ago now, and, uh, has come a long way has found, you know, uh, a lot of success in, in USAC racing on the dirt and it's going to be interesting now to see what she can do in a, a full-size much heavier stock car with fenders um but yeah you're, you're right another driver being elevated by toyota and kind of being uh pushed into the national spotlight here and i'm sure she will make the best of it uh, and, and the perfect event for her to make her debut in that uh, style race car coming up here at springfield mile on dirt
0: Yeah, for sure. She's a former Oklahoma cheerleader racing, not really in the cards until full time until recently, too. So she's made a really good adjustment. Of course, one of the first uh, couple of females to win a National Midget Series race here in the last year or two. And finally, we talked about Levy Jones here on the show last week. Kyle, sorry you missed it. Going to the Montana 200, our good buddy. Had uh, a little bit of issues there early on the race. Only ran 32 laps after setting a quick-time qualifying effort for the Montana 200 at Mission Valley Super Oval. Shelby Thompson from Washington picked up the big win in that race out west. All right, let's talk about Kyle quickly before we go. The race is coming up this weekend. First up, you just mentioned it. You're going to be up at Pocono, the Arkmenard Menard Series, back in action Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern. You can hear Kyle and the rest of the Motor Racing Network On that call at 6 p.m. on Friday for the Sunset Hills shooting range 150. Jesse Love, we talked about it, and even Luke talked about it. Dominating ARCA, leading the points. Of course, we talked about the wins there. Jake Finch making a return for Venerini and Connor Mosack is now in the 18 car for, for Joe Gibbs Racing. So what do you expect about this one?
1: Yeah, it's going to be a good field. I think they're approaching just shy of 30 cars. You mentioned the ladies, uh, Tony Breidinger, Stephanie Moyer, uh, Logan Mizoraka back with us this weekend as well. Uh, you mentioned all the, the front runners running for the championship standings. Jesse Love's going to obviously, I think, be one of the drivers to beat there going to be a good race. Uh, always fun to begin a very busy race weekend at the Pocono Raceway with the Arkham Menard Series on Friday, leading in, of course, to the Truck Series and the Xfinity Series on Saturday. And then we button it all up with the NASCAR Cup Series on Sunday. And the weather, cross your fingers, looks pretty good right now. So I'll take that out and turn free.
0: Yeah, it does for sure. And a busy, busy weekend up at Pocono again begins Friday with the Arkham Menard Series Uh, 150. How about the Pinty series at Edmonton? I kind of talked about a little bit, Kyle, uh, the Bear 300 Saturday night. You can watch it on flow racing, uh, championship battles. I mean, I, I mean, you go from Toronto to Edmonton, so it's a little bit different, but I mean, it's hard to take somebody like Antoine, Mark Antoine Cameron out of the equation, Kevin Lacroix as well. Do you like anyone else?
1: Yeah, I mean, I like, you know, uh, L.P. Dumoulin uh, obviously runs well at those type of racetracks, 33 points out of the championship lead right now, Uh, even with the rough run last week for uh, Trayton Lapsovich, not finishing among the top five, still has a pretty healthy lead, 19 points over Kevin Lacroix heading into this weekend at Edmonton. So uh, hard to believe their season feel like it just started but is also beginning to to wind down a very uh, short season time wise up there mainly because of the weather for the NASCAR Pinty Series.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk Late Model Stocks Cars Tour Hampton Heat 200 and it's called the Hampton Heat Kyle because it comes at the hottest point of the year uh, for those teams at Langley Speedway. Drivers have to be mentally prepared just as much as physically as well when dealing with the Heat. Uh, Brendan Butterbean Queen is a three-time track champion. He's certainly one of the favorites after picking up a Cars Tour win at North Wilkesboro. Of course, you've got the big hitters, Carson, uh, Carson Quavel, uh, as well as the rest of the field. So what do you think about this one? The Hampton Heat is a legendary race, but it's almost like survival of the fittest at this point.
1: Yeah, just surviving is key. 200 laps, uh, they're expecting temperatures well into the 80s, uh, low 90s during the afternoon. By the time the race goes green, they're expecting about 86 degrees. That is hot around that racetrack for 200 laps. Uh, Brendan Queen has, has proven that he can handle the heat, he can handle the competition, and he knows that racetrack about better than anyone, so i like uh i like brendan picking up his uh another win here in the second leg of this nascar sanctioned uh, virginia triple crown event coming off the race at south boston a couple of weeks ago and then of course looking forward to the big one a couple of weeks time at the martinsville speedway in about two months from now
0: absolutely jared fryer the defending winner is on the entry list as well again the hottest race of the year temperatures even at night in the high 80s so it's going to be Buckle up for that one at the Hampton Heat. How about the Twin One Hundreds at Five Flags? Don't talk about Five Flags Speedway too much, of course. Running their uh, Alan Turner Pro Eight model series throughout the course of the year, but the Twin One Hundreds we saw it last year. Kyle, the best average finish, I believe it was Bubba Pollard won the SRX ride that was at that race uh, racetrack last year. Of course, SRX not going there this year. So what's the prize? I guess for running as your best average finish at the Twin One Hundreds. Well. It's pretty sweet because it has to deal with the upcoming, in December, the Snowball Derby, the 56th Annual Edition. The best average finish, and of course all the superstars from the Southern Super Series are going to be there, is eight free pit passes, free registration, four sets of tires, up to 25 gallons of fuel per race, and also some VIP passes your friends and crew in attendance so a lot to be won and certainly helps the racing budget if you can finish in the best average finish uh, between those two races but nonetheless when you get super late models at five flags it's going to be a great event william byron is going to run just friday only uh so he's in the field at least for part of it uh what do you think of course bubba pollard and matt craig the points leader uh, they're all involved here this weekend
1: I love Five Flag Speedway. Um, obviously, a lot of this, uh, what this is one of their major events leading up, of course, to the the Snowball Derby here later uh, in the fall. Um, Bubba Pollard got the place figured out. William Byron, though, whenever he shows up, will be a factor. I bet he picks up the win on Friday night or at least is contending for the win. I feel like every time he's run that car this year, he has uh, run at the front or claim the win. So uh, look
0: forward to Five Flag Speedway this weekend. Of course, and plenty of other weekly racing. We talk about Indiana Sprint Week for the USAC Sprint Cars. I know it's dirt stuff, but you got to watch it. It's coming up on Friday throughout the week. Uh, Weekly racing at Florence, Jennerstown, Riverhead, the 500 Sprint Car Tour at Berlin, Uh, we just talked about that. Super Modifieds at Oswego, if you haven't checked those out, do so on Saturday. Hickory Motor Speedway and much more, a lot of that on Flow Racing. And Kyle, of course, you talked about at the top of the show, you guys are going to be busy. Uh, Round number two, Thursday night for SRX, but also plenty of weekly racing, including Modifieds and much more coming up this week, right?
1: Yeah, the SK Modifieds will be back on track on Friday night. The SK Light Modifieds will uh, be the lead-in to the SRX event on Thursday before their second event of the week on Friday. Late models, limited late models, and street stocks all part of the action. Live on Flow Racing about 6 o'clock on Friday evening is when we get underway. And same time on Thursday, a little bit later for the SK Lights, a 6.30 start uh, for, for that division on Flow Racing. So doubleheader this week. lot of racing it's been a very busy month at stafford speedway
0: and if you can break away on your phone just for five minutes you can check out uh, the motor racing network's coverage of all the action at pocono and don't forget kyle will be there so if you want to hear the nice tones of kyle ricky on your airwaves do tune in beginning friday six o'clock for the arkham menard series their general tire 150 of course Saturday is busy. A triple header of broadcasts, a double header of races. The CRC Brackling 150 for the truck series beginning at 1130 a.m. Eastern on MRN, followed by cup practice and qualifying. And then, of course, the NASCAR Xfinity series. Pocono 225 hits the air raves at 5 p.m. Eastern Saturday evening. Of course, the cup race. It all begins the Highpoint.com uh, High 400, 1.30 Eastern time with NASCAR live. All right, Kyle. Busy stuff. I know at Stafford, we'll let you get back to it. Of course, safe travels uh, when you go to Pocono. I'll actually be there, not on the broadcast, but I may be helping out some of the production stuff. So I may have to run into you. and we'll, we'll grab a picture. How about that?
1: Look forward to it. We'll see you there.
0: All right, safe travels. Again, for Kyle Ricky. my name is Chris Wilner, producer Pat Jaggers. Thanks for tuning in for this episode of NASCAR Coast to Coast, presented by Wheelan Engineering. On the road, in the air, and around the world, Wheeland is trusted to be seen, trusted to be heard, and trusted to perform. Enjoy your weekend of racing. We'll see you next time.